Good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on the second Sunday of Easter as we gather together once again in joy and celebration of the risen Christ who is for us. Before we begin our worship, I just have one reminder for you, which is the ladies' tea is May 21st. However, if you plan to attend, please try our SVP by May 8th. So have that on your on your mind. Uh, besides that, are there any other announcements or any prayer requests that you have for the congregation? I have an announcement. Yeah. We're great-grandparents again. Wednesday night, Dawson Jones. Congratulations. Yeah. So we would welcome everyone as of Friday of this coming week, well, this week, um, Charlie and Jane will be residents at Bancrest in the assisted living, just down the hall from Miss Nancy. And uh, their apartment number is 515. So we would welcome you to stop in and say hello to them. Yeah, yeah continue to pray for Charlie and Jane in their transition. Yeah. Um, Steve Hollinger, he on Good Friday started his chemo, so okay. keep him in your prayer. Yeah, continue to pray. Yeah. Yeah, we pray for Steve, who's been sick this week. Yeah. All right, with no other request, I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude. Please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For your sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may lie from your In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Almighty and eternal God, the strength of those who believe and the hope of those who doubt, may we who have not seen have faith in you and receive the fullness of Christ's blessings, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Acts. Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. 
Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know, this man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law, but God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I must say to you confidently of our ancestor David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would put one of his descendants on his throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us were witnesses. The word of the Lord. We will intone Psalm 16. From 1 Peter, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are, who are being protected by the power of God 
through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, that though perishable is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice when in indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. John. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, o I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So in every service, as you know, we share the peace with one another. And you notice our language here. We don't just share peace, we share the peace. That is an intentional exchange of peace. You may know or may not, but before the 1960s or so, the peace was simply said between the pastor and the congregation before communion. It was adapted in the 60s and 70s, however, to give space for people in the congregation to share the peace with one another individually. And so there are many interpretations about what the peace means and why we have it in the service. Some of you might even remember that some of the old saints were angry when the peace started to be exchanged in the congregation through shaking hands. 
They felt it turned the peace into a meet and greet time, time to be social. I've even heard the story here that one dear Christian refused to participate in the exchange of the peace when it was changed, saying, why would I shake hands with these people? I don't even like these people. <laughs> and the irony in that statement is classic, but there's a much bigger point to the criticism worth considering. What is this exchange of peace all about? And so I looked at Martin Luther, who I think offers the best explanation, and he writes, the peace is the voice of the gospel announcing the forgiveness of sins, especially as it is the preparation before communion for the Lord's table. Right? The peace is the voice of the gospel announcing the forgiveness of sins. The peace, when we exchange it, is the opportunity to announce the absolution, the forgiveness of sins with one another. It's the opportunity to hear from the words of our neighbors and fellow Christians that God forgives us, and that whether we feel it or not, we have peace with God. We hear this absolution, this proclamation of forgiveness, five different times in our service. We should hear it in the confession as we begin the service. We should hear it at some point in the sermon. We hear it in the peace that we exchange with one another. We hear it at communion itself. And then we hear it at the final blessing, the benediction. At each of these points in the service, you are hearing words of peace. That is that God forgives you and that by his word, he is restoring you to himself. These are all proclamations of forgiveness. And these proclamations, these announcements are all rooted right here in John chapter 20. They are rooted in our participation in the blessings of the risen Christ. When we share the peace, when we exchange the peace, we are participating in what it is that God has given the church to do, forgive sins. Our gospel reading begins on the first night of Easter. All of the disciples except Thomas are in hiding. They have locked themselves up in fear. First, they are afraid that those who arrested Jesus and killed him might also now be coming for them. But there is also a part of them, no doubt, that is afraid of Jesus. They know by this time that the tomb is empty, and surely they have been talking about Jesus' words when he said that he would be raised on the third day. And they have to wonder, if it's true, if Jesus is raised, what does that mean for them? What does it mean for the men who ran away from Jesus as he was betrayed? These disciples, before the crucifixion, showed all the bravado. They played the part of the tough guy. They said they were ready to be martyrs for Jesus, who they believed to be the Messiah. But as we know, when the moment came, they ran. And now, if Jesus has been raised, what will he have to say to them? Will he condemn them? Will he judge them for their sins? Will he shame them and disown them? How can they face Jesus now? And so being afraid, they lock themselves in a room and hide. The risen Christ, however, cannot be locked out. He comes to them, and in our text, we are given three examples where he has one single message for them. That is, peace be with you. And you can translate the Greek of peace be with you a little differently. It can be peace with you, but also peace to you or peace be in you. The idea here is not that Jesus is just greeting them by saying peace, 
He's not just saying, hi, what's up, greetings. But Jesus is announcing something to them. He's making a proclamation. He is telling the disciples that the time to be afraid is over. They are forgiven. They have peace. It's not just that Christ is not mad at them, but that they are entirely forgiven. They are made new and are no longer guilty of their sins. In fact, we see this being made new right here in John 20. Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit into them. You'll remember in Genesis, God gives Adam life by breathing into him. He gave Adam the Holy Spirit who brought life and faith to the body which was formed from the dirt of the earth. And in his sin, Adam loses that life and that faith. He lost the spirit that was given to him. But now Jesus recreates his disciples and once again gives them that spirit of life. And he says, you are at peace with God. You are entirely forgiven. You are made new. The old Adam, the old sinner is gone. He was crucified with Christ and now we are made new. This is what peace is. Peace is the reality of that new relationship. The old conflict, the old disruptions are gone and what remains is life, health, friendship, understanding, trust, and faith. Jesus proclaims there is peace in his disciples. They are at this point given hearts of faith, hearts to believe, new hearts, forgiven hearts. And in giving them these new hearts, Jesus tells them that they have the great privilege of sharing this peace with the world. Verse 23 reads, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. Again, the translation here isn't my favorite because the Greek rightly reads, as the King James has it, whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whosoever is the way to read this verse. Because that's what Jesus is sending his apostles out to do. They are to go out and to announce the new creation. They're, go they're to go out and to announce the blessings and benefits of the resurrection. And these blessings and these benefits start at the forgiveness of sins. Because being forgiven means you are made new. You are a new creation. There is an abundance of forgiveness in the risen Christ. The forgiveness is overflowing. And so what we get to do as the church is to participate in that forgiveness. Not only do we get to receive the benefits of the resurrection, we get to announce these benefits to others not just in a witnessing kind of way where we're trying to convince people of something. When we exchange the peace in our service, we're not just saying, hey, remember you have peace. We're powerfully announcing the forgiveness of God to our brothers and sisters. We are telling them that they are a new creation. Dietrich Bonhoeffer captures this perfect, perfectly in his little book, Life Together, where he writes, the Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's words to him. He needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged, for by himself he cannot help himself without belying the truth. He needs his brother as a bearer and proclaimer of the divine word of salvation. He needs his brother solely because of Jesus Christ. The Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain, his brothers is sure. You know that we so often lock ourselves away. We don't always want to go to church. 
We don't always want to be around others. We get tired. We get discouraged. We might be hurting. We're stuck in some sin that brings us shame. We might be emotionally, physically exhausted. We might even just be bored and feeling apathetic with it all. There are any number of reasons we might lock ourselves away and try to hide from the risen Christ. But the risen Christ cannot be stopped. You can't lock yourself away from him. Whether you are ready, whether you are prepared, Christ is coming to you and he is saying to you, you are forgiven. He says you are new. He says you have peace. And how does he do it? He does it through your brothers and sisters in Christ. Whether that's the pastor who does it on the authority of his call, or the person next to you in the pew, or a Christian friend, Christ wants you to hear that you are at peace with God. In the Catechism, Luther teaches that in the church, God daily and richly forgives our sins. Well, this is how he does it. Through the words of others who say to us, peace. And he says it over and over and over and over again and again. It's the one word he wants you to hear and to know and to take to heart. Peace. And so I say to you, in the name of the risen Christ, you are indeed forgiven. You have peace with God. Take that word to heart. You have peace. Amen.
Together, let us stand and confess our faith using the words of the Creed. <coughs> we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, the God the Father, God from God, life from light, true God from true God, the God not made, but one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and of the Virgin Mary, and he became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified and crucified. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again, and in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O God, our Father, you have raised your Son, and he has bestowed the Holy Spirit on his apostles. Believing Christ's resurrection, help us also to trust the forgiving words of his servants. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our O God, our Father, turn the enemies of your church and bring their hearts to repentance. Strengthen all Christians in their faith and in their vocation of service as your children, that we may be obedient to your word and receive the salvation of our souls. Lord, in your mercy. O God, our Father, build up the households of your people, that your holy children, begotten in baptism, may grow in your grace and share together in your forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. O God, our Father, you appoint rulers and officials for the sake of order and peace. Bless those you have placed in authority, especially Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor. Give to them the desire to serve with integrity and honor and to work for the benefit of all. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. O God, our Father, we praise your Son's resurrection from the dead and draw strength from his ascension before you, where he stands forever as our high priest. Show your kindness especially to Charlie and Jane, Linda and Jenny, Allison and Steve, Marilyn, Tony, and Carolyn. Graciously receive our prayers of intercession for the sake of your Son. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. O God, our Father, your Son greets his disciples with peace despite their sins against him. Make us confident in his mercy toward us and glad in our hearts as he comes to us in his body and blood with forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. And Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that out of your grace, for the sake of your Son, you have given us the Holy Gospel and given us sacraments, that through them we have, that we may have comfort and the forgiveness of sin. Grant us your Holy Spirit, that we may believe your word 
and through the sacraments establish our faith day by day until at last we obtain eternal salvation through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us pray. God of all creation, all you have made is good, and your love endures forever. You bring forth bread from the earth and fruit from the vine. Nourish us with these gifts, that we might be for the world signs of your gracious presence. In Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, for the glorious resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ, the true Paschal Lamb, who gave himself to take away our sin, who in dying has destroyed death, and in rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter 
and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with the earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. You are indeed holy, almighty, and merciful God. You are most holy, and great is the majesty of your glory. You so love the world that you gave your only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will, and to accomplish all things for our salvation. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his solitary command, his life-giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and the promise of his coming again, we give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, not as we ought, but as we are able. We ask you mercifully to accept our praise and thanksgiving, and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us, your servants, and these your own gifts of bread and wine, so that we and all who share in the body and blood of Christ may be filled with the heavenly blessing and grace, and receiving the forgiveness of sin, may be formed to live as your holy people, and be given our inheritance with all your saints. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, please stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.